Thank you for joining us here at Celebration Church, where we celebrate God, celebrate people, and celebrate life. We hope you enjoy today's message. Thank you, Lord. Why don't we lift our hands in this place? Father, we honour you in this place. Lord Jesus, we honour you in this place. Holy Spirit, we welcome you in this place. We thank you for your presence. We thank you for your love. We thank you for your compassion. We thank you for your mercy. And this morning, Father, we ask that you would reveal yourself, that you would touch every heart, that you would transform lives, that you would set people free. Lord, that heaven would invade earth here. Oh, we love you, Lord. We honour you. We worship you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. It's good to be here this morning, amen. Why don't you just turn to your neighbour and just, just bless them, just encourage them, honour them, give them a compliment, say something kingdom over them. Hey, if you're new here this morning, we want to say a big, a big welcome to you. We pray you're blessed today. We pray that your heart is just full of God's love. And uh, hey, if this is your church home, it's good to be together as well, amen. It's good to be together, to see each other's smiling faces. Charlie and I, three weeks ago, got COVID. I know, I don't know if you knew that. And we survived, so that's good. Uh, no, I haven't been here for a, a few Sundays. First Sunday I had COVID. Second Sunday I was in isolation. And then last week, Charlie and I went down the coast to connect with different pastors down the coast. And then on the weekend we had some time with my parents, which is a very special time together. So it's good to be together this morning. Good to see your smiling faces. Uh, it's always good. Turn to your neighbour and say, it's good to be here. It's good to be here. Cool. This morning we have a few in-house things going on. Um, we're going to be praying in our new youth pastor and pastors, which is great. And, and we're also going to honour Alex, or Pastor Joel and Alex, which is great. <clears throat> Why don't you guys come up? I'm going to get Joel and Alex to come up for a moment and we just want to take a moment to just to honour this couple. You know, the Joel, um, and I'm guessing Alex as well, and that keyboard is definitely like a UFO type. It's all good. Um, uh, yeah, you guys, have you been... Pastor Joel Tobin this morning, he's been in youth ministry for... 18 years total as in some form of leading. It's same with you as well, Alex. 15. 15 in this church. How amazing is that? Um, and they've been um, youth pastoring for eight years, which is great. And then in June, we prayed, um, we prayed for them. Um, and Pastor Joel took the role as executive pastor in our church, which is basically helping run the church across the board and keeping his finger on the pulse and helping Charlie and I out 
Um, I was exact pastor for Pastor James um, for five years, was it? Four years? And so that's been great. Um, and we've been talking about transition in that time and thinking about the future, uh, thinking about who is it that God has for the next generation, for the next generation when it comes to youth pastoring. Charlie and my heart is always big when it comes to next generation. It's not a light, light decision for us. We've been speaking about this for how many? Three months? Three years. Yeah, we've been speaking about transition. This is how slow sometimes we work because we have to wait on the Lord. For three years we've been talking about this. Uh, and that's not even a joke. We had a conversation three years ago about Joel and youth, Pastor Joel and youth, and I just kept saying to Joel, I just feel like we have to wait for the right time. Like it's just not quite time yet. And then we felt a few months ago that it was the time and, and, and Benny over here and along with the help of his beautiful wife, Jade, is, uh, are going to be the ones stepping into that role. Um, I'm a youth pastor at heart. I was youth pastor for 10, 11 years, 10 years. One, youth pastor once, always a youth pastor at heart. You can't get out of it, and I love it. I love seeing young people inspired. So we just want to honour you. We want to say thank you. I think we have some... Yeah, for sure. Um, just as Libby comes up, I just wanted to honour them because I think sometimes when we're in an incredible church like this, um, we can get familiar with the quality that we've got. And longevity is something that is, I think, should never be underrated. And in... Uh, industry or industry yeah industry ministry where the average youth pastor lasts 18 months in our state in our state the average youth pastor lasts 18 months and these guys have stood and fought not just for our church but our city the lost the unsaved youth they have seen yeah For not just 18 months, for eight years. Like, that is something worth celebrating. That is something as a church family worth honouring. And also for you guys to understand that sacrifice, that commitment, that obedience to the call of God. We're surrounded in our church family by incredible, incredible people that give their life for the cause, that give their life for... And, and these guys have encountered, my gosh, I don't even... They would have countless stories about the heartache, about the, you know, the brokenness, the things that they've had to encounter, but also the joy, also the testimonies, also the salvations. So for them, we honour you. We honour you on behalf of not just our church family. We honour you on behalf of the youth and the young people of our city who you have loved and sacrificed and sown more seeds than your even hearts would understand. And heaven applauds you this morning. We applaud you. Did this on a Friday night. Um, <laughs> I want to blame the 
and a privilege um, to be a part. Um, it was amazing you were even invited to the party, let alone getting to bring people on that journey. Um, I want to thank God because by His grace, um, will we even here? Um, I used to come to you smoking at the back and then I got saved. I don't know what the stories are, but um, it's just been an honour to be a part. We believe in the next generation more now than ever before. We're excited about the future. And we just want to say thank you to you guys. Pastor Benai has been my pastor for the last 18 years um, through youth and exec roles and now our senior pastors. Thank you for entrusting us with our young people. It's been a privilege of a lifetime. We can't wait to see what's next. I heard that we're specialising in over 100-year-old people now. Um, we're skipping some demos. We're getting right into those that are over 100. So thank you guys. And we're just excited for the future. Benny Green, Jade, and everything that is on you guys. We can't wait to see what you pioneer. We are very blessed not to have to import our team, but we raise them up and we're excited for what you guys are going to do. Don't damage the property or the exec pastor will yell at you. Um, that's me. Uh, so that's it. Oh, awesome. That's great. Well, what we're going to do now is we're going to pray for Ben and Jade and Florence. Um, Florence, the new, the new assistant youth pastor, Florence. Um, so why don't you guys just come up here, and what I might get you guys to do is actually pray over them. Um, the reason why we do this, sorry, Charlie, the reason why we do this is because I believe there is a special grace upon youth pastors. Um, when I became youth pastor, I was prayed in, and I feel like God anoints people for a season. And so what we're going to do is, I'm just going to, it's a special moment, but I want you guys to pass on the baton, um, and then Charlie and I will also pray as well over you guys. And I'll get Mark Webster up, um, Kez, come up too. Um, yeah, awesome. So you guys, you guys face the front, um, and you guys, yeah, go for it. Why don't we all just stand to our feet? And if you're here and you believe the power of prayer, put your hand towards these guys and let's just pray God's blessing and anointing upon them right now in Jesus' name. Yes, Father. Lord, I just thank you for this amazing couple. Lord, this amazing family. And right now, we just declare your anointing upon them. Lord, the anointing of the Holy Spirit to reach the next generation. God, I pray that there would just be a fresh fire that would start. God, a fresh uh, just breakthrough that will just begin, Lord, in this city when it comes to the youth. And as I stand here, guys, I just see a picture of just, it's like a fire God's placing upon you today. 
and a fire that he has created to spread to others. And I just see just this whole uh, army of young people on fire for God, spreading the fire of God, setting people free, setting people free from darkness, from brokenness, from addiction. I just see the power of the Holy Spirit bringing visions and dreams and wisdom beyond your years. And I just encourage you, let your Holy Spirit be your guide. Let the Holy Spirit be the one that you speak to the most. Let He be the one that you inquire of. And when you do that, you'll get breakthrough, you'll get strategy, you'll get just the anointing of God like never before. Father, I just, Lord, anoint them with fresh oil this morning, fresh oil from heaven. In Jesus' name, bless them, bless their marriage, bless their, bless, bless little Florence, Lord. Lord, may she just be raised up as a mighty young woman of God as well. In Jesus' name. Yes, Father, and we just declare over, um, especially Ben, as he's stepping into the role of youth pastor, that your yoke is easy and your burden is light. And as your weight and your anointing rests on him, that it will be lightened by your shoulders, Jesus. That when he feels like he's carrying things, that you would carry him, Jesus. And I pray, Holy Spirit, just for your um, Father's heart to be unlocked in him in such a fresh and beautiful way. God, that he would encounter intimacy with you like never before that it's not even just about the title, but it's about him drawing closer to your heart, him drawing closer to your to your will, what you know, what you, who you are, your personality, God. And that as he does that, that he'll be able to minister from that place of sonship, that he'll be able to minister from that place of knowing his Father. And Father God, I pray for both of them that they will know that they are not alone, that they don't step into this role by themselves, but that they have people behind them, before them, alongside them, and that you, ultimately you are carrying them, Jesus. So we thank you for that in your mighty name. Amen. Let's give them a hand. Let's just. Yeah, you can have a seat. Awesome. Paul and Michelle were my youth pastors. And then I was, for a season, Ben's youth pastor. And who knows, you might become Bear's youth pastor. Who knows? Who knows? See how long you're in it for. (laughs) It's true. No doubt, a long time. Ah, this morning the Holy Spirit really wants to just do something in our hearts. So... Let's just approach the Father this morning with childlike faith. Be children before him with humble hearts. Um, I do have something a little bit light um, just before we start. We'll see how we go. God, one day in heaven, lined up all the married couples in the world and heaven he could find. He said to the man, my children... I have, uh, sorry, he said to the men, my children, I have tasked you all, those of you who feel that you are the head of the household, step to the left. Those of you who think your wife is the head of the household, step to the right. He gestures gestures to those gathered before him, and to his astonishment, all but one man stepped to the right. God exclaimed, every man in here believes that his wife is the head of the household. This is a surprise. He turned to the one man who had stepped to the left and he said to him, 
my child, how is it that you are the only one to end up on the left? And the man looked at God and said, I have no idea. My wife told me to stand here. <laughs> That's all right. Mark Maharam's writing that down. It doesn't need a clap, but anyway. Mark and Haley, how many days is it before your big wedding day? 12 days. 12 days and Maharab. I've been told I say Mark's name wrong. It's Maharab, not Maharab. So make sure you get it right on the wedding day. Mark and Haley. Haley becomes a Maharab in 12 days. How are you feeling? Good answer. He's excited. That's okay, good. Hey, if you have your Bibles, why don't you turn to Matthew chapter 7 and verse 11. This morning, we're going to be speaking along the theme of family. This year, we are focusing on raising healthy family, both within our own families, within our church family, and also creating family for others who are yet to be in the family of God. And so whenever we speak this year, that is our intention, is that we are becoming uh, creative, becoming healthy members of God's family. And sometimes God's family can be dysfunctional. Sometimes they can be less than, or we can be less than what God intended. But through the grace of our Lord Jesus, through the help of the Holy Spirit, We can become all God has called us to be when it comes to being together as God's family. And I just want to encourage you, let's continue with the focus of creating family and valuing family. It might not mean physically creating family, but it might mean in our hearts and in our relationships having a family mentality. The Bible tells us that that the world pines for or cries out for the sons of God to be revealed. There is a desire in the heart of every man, whether they realise it or not, to actually be a part of God's family. And God's family isn't like our earthly family. Our earthly family is, like I said, sometimes dysfunctional, sometimes we can let our, each other down. Sometimes we can hurt each other. And sometimes our physical family is like that. And sometimes we allow the church family to be like that. The key to a successful church family is one word. Are you ready for it? Forgiveness. Do you know that? If we can be great at forgiving each other when someone hurts us, when someone next to us hurts us, when someone in leadership hurts us, when someone we're discipling hurts us, if we can forgive well, then it means we will become a healthy family. Can I hear an amen? But it's really interesting because often we find it hard to forgive. It's really weird because as Christians we should be really great at forgiving. We should be the best at forgiving. Do you know that? We have been forgiven the most. Therefore, we should be great at forgiving each other. Have you ever had attitude against someone in church? Have you ever had attitude against your pastor or your leader? Have you ever had some type of unease in your spirit when it comes to an offence? The key isn't that that person changes. 
The key is that we are great at forgiveness. Oh, this is really, really good. So last week I connected with a bunch of pastors down the coast and I'm telling you, the theme is the same. We need to create, create churches who are great at forgiveness. What did Jesus say? He said, we have been forgiven by our Father much, therefore forgive much. That's my paraphrased version. If you can't forgive your brother or sister, then don't expect God to forgive you. It's really a strong statement. It's really harsh even. That is how powerful embracing is. That is how powerful going, I have a right to my hurt, but I'm going to lay it down and love and forgive. Now, forgiveness isn't even my sermon today, but I'm just sharing it for some reason. Let's be really great. Let's be a church community who's really great at forgiveness. If we do that, our church family dynamic will be healthy. And I've learned this in marriage. I've been married seven years now. Yeah, that's right. I'm still learning. I'm still a pup. I'm still learning. But in those seven years, I've learned that me holding on to offense is never going to be the win. <laughs> even if I'm right, even if I feel like my wife doesn't deserve it, forgiveness, I have to come to a place where the bigger goal is more important, which is kingdom, reconciliation, love, happy wife, happy life. And so I just share this with you to say, make one of your life goals to be a great forgiver. <laughs> if you make that one of your goals, Mark and Haley, if you make that one of your goals in your marriage, then guess what? You will be around long term. <clears throat> everybody lets everybody down at some point. Someone will let you down. You will let someone else down. Forgiveness is a beautiful healing ointment that makes everything better. This morning, I actually want to speak about the Father, the Father heart of God. And when it comes to family, realising that the more we know our Heavenly Father, and Heavenly Father, please help us engage your heart this morning. Not my opinion, not my words, your heart. May people look past the exterior and hear what you're doing in the Spirit. Lord, let us walk away changed. And may your heart be glorified, Heavenly Father. We thank you and we love you and we welcome you here. In Jesus' name. The more that we know our Heavenly Father, the healthier our family becomes. Do you know that? When we have a, a, a bad perception or a wonky perception of who our Father is in heaven, and Jesus said we should refer to him as our Father in heaven, then what happens is it causes us to have a wonky perception of each other. Do you know that? It actually is modelled here on earth that if you have a relationship with your dad, or maybe you didn't know your dad, maybe your dad was dysfunctional, maybe your dad was great, but even in their greatness... Every dad has things they have to work on. What happens is we actually unintentionally often see our heavenly father through how we saw our earthly father. This is really important. And people often, we often have trouble connecting with our heavenly father 
because we're seeing it through the filter, the glasses, of how our earthly father was. I have a great father, a great dad. I got to see him last, last week. It was amazing. My little boy got to spend time with his granddad. And, and I said to, to, to my dad one night, I said, do you realise that when you walk through the room, your grandson watches you? And Bear does. Bear is different with my mum. He's different with his grandma. He's different with his granddad. There's a different dynamic, but it's kind of really cool to watch. Because my dad isn't the type of dad that gets down and goo-goo-ga-ga type dad. Not that Bear's at that age anymore. But he's more of a, I will make eye contact and across the room we'll have a conversation without saying anything. That's a bit of the dynamic my dad has. And we're at the park one day and my parents came down to join us and Bear at the moment is going through his park phase, maybe that's not a phase, but his highlight is just hitting up parks. He just loves parks. The bigger the slide, the bigger the swing. The big, he's now climbing up big things. He's two years old and he's just like, he's a little monkey just climbing everything. <clears throat> and I watched him and he would like climb across something, which is really, he's a really brave kid. Like, He's only like this tall and he's climbing things like, or maybe this tall, and he's climbing higher things. <laughs> um, but as he's climbing, he's looking back at Grandad. He's like, does something, and he looks back. Grandad, are you watching? Can you see what I'm doing here? And it's like he's looking, are you proud of me, Grandad? Like, he doesn't do that to my mum, because my mum's always watching him. <laughs> But he does it with my granddad. There's something special about a granddad or a dad with their children. And he does that with me as well at home. He will watch me. He's, a, he's very observant. And he, I've got to be careful now because he's so copycat that I just, he just watches everything I do, even when I don't realise it. And you know because later on he will do the same thing. Now, my dad's a great dad, but even... As a great dad and granddad, he wasn't perfect. And I still have to visit my heart when it comes to how I view my Heavenly Father through the filter of my experience with my dad. And my dad was actually a really great dad. And he's a great dad. How much more so if you've had a dysfunctional experience or maybe you don't know your dad very well. Therefore, we have to come back to knowing our Heavenly Father. Yeah? <clears throat> Because the more we know our father, the more functional our family becomes. All the young dads here, this is so important for you with your kids. The more your children know you, and hopefully know the good sides of you, the more functional it helps them become. It's the way God intended it. It's the way God purposed it. Therefore, there's a grace on it. Never underestimate the power of being a dad or a granddad. There's a reason why Paul says in the scripture, he says, there's many teachers among you, but not many fathers. Speaking to the church. It's a whole other subject I love to speak on, but raising up men in the church who have a fatherly mentality, a fatherly spirit, a dad heart, not just for the blood offspring, but for spiritual children. There is something so powerful about men being that for the next generation. And so we have access to our Heavenly Father. 
He opens the door to us and says, come and spend time with me. Ryan said this morning, speaking about the prodigal son, that the prodigal comes home and the father runs towards his son and embraces his son. The better we know the, the, better we know the father, the better we can represent God's family. If you're writing notes, write that down. If you're not writing notes, you must have photographic memory. Better memory of the mind. The better we know the Father, the better we can be God's family. Can I hear an amen? Because that deserves an amen. It's truth. The more we work on our relationship vertically, the more we can work on our relationships horizontally. Just on the way in this morning, I was in the car and Archipelago Benaiah broke out. Yeah. No, you, know, you can't afford it here this morning. You're not going to get it. <clears throat> but I was just, just spending time with my father. I was, just, I was just spending time singing to my father. And I could sense his presence just with me. <laughs> Again, I, I use my own son. He's a little bit of a singer. He loves to sing. He, uh, his birthday got cancelled due to COVID. And so every day he sings, happy day day to me. <laughs> it's, it's really cute. Kind of sad, but really cute. <laughs> but when he sings, and, and my son and I will often make up songs together. The other day I sang a bit of a, a tune. And then I paused, and he went, woof, woof, every single time I paused. I didn't teach him that. He just came up with woof, woof. I love it. I'm just like, forget the radio. Forget me. I, just, I can listen to you in the back singing all day. Why? Because I'm his dad. <laughs> to you, if you're enjoying your lunch and he's there going woof, woof, singing a song, you're probably going to be like, oh, just be quiet. Let me enjoy my salami sandwich, whatever you got. I love this. Bill Johnson says this. He says, Jesus did not live in reaction to the devil. He lived in response to the Father. Jesus didn't live in reaction to the devil. He lived in response to the Father. Jesus said, if you've seen him, if you've seen Jesus, you've seen the Father. And he's speaking. He says, if you've seen me, disciples, you've seen me. You've seen me walk. You've seen me interact. You've seen my life. Now, that's what I'm like here, but my father is like that too. Because I only do what I see the father do, he said. So this morning, my heart and the wind this morning for us as a church is that we walk away with a fresh encounter with the father, a fresh understanding of how great our heavenly father is. Dealing with our filters, and you've got to be really harsh with your heart with this. Any disappointment you have with your earthly dad, you've got to deal with it, forgive it, so that you don't project that onto your heavenly father. Because you'll find yourself doing that often without meaning to. We project. Maybe you had trouble trusting your heavenly, uh, sorry, your earthly dad. Often it will manifest with trouble trusting your heavenly dad. And you can get a lot of like, God help me trust, help me trust. But ultimately it's not the issue of God helping you trust, it's an issue of forgiving your earthly dad. That's where the breakthrough lies. So much of our breakthrough relies on our experiences in life and forgiving them and moving forward. 
I'm not a psychologist, but I know that to be true. You have to deal with the disappointments. We have to deal with the pain. We have to deal with the rejection. We have to deal with the things that we go through in life that weren't fair and weren't right because if we don't deal with them, we can't approach God with full hearts open because we're holding on to things in our heart. So lay down all of your heart. Lay down all of your hurt. And even if it hurts again, it's okay. Let God bring healing. That's God's heart for us. He is trustworthy. He is faithful. So Matthew chapter 7, verse 11 says this. It says, If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father, our Father in heaven, give, give, give good gifts to those who ask him? If you then know, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts, how much better your perfect dad? Now, I, this, this type of subject can be very vulnerable. And, and I don't assume that you will deal with everything in your heart in this moment. But I encourage you to allow God's goodness and the Father's goodness to overwhelm you afresh. Because so much of our struggle in life is that we see our Father through a different lens that he is simply good. I struggled with this. I grew up in the 80s as a little kid, 90s as a teenage, well, primary school slash early high school. I, I grew up with the things of, <coughs> we're going to scare you to get you to heaven. You know, fire and brimstone type stuff. Guest speakers coming in and you would run to the altar every time because if you didn't, you're going to burn. Now, that's okay, but what it done, it created a sense in me of fear when it came to God. But it wasn't a healthy fear. It was a terrified fear of punishment. But he takes away the fear of punishment, the Bible says. Therefore, when God's love impacts you, when the Father's love impacts you, it sets you free, and the byproduct is you don't go to hell. But the great thing about it is that you get to live in freedom. So I had to rewire my thoughts to approaching God out of a fear-based approach to instead approaching him as a good dad. I still have moments where I revert back. <laughs> I'm being real with you right now. Maybe you're the same as me. I have to go put away the fear and come to a dad who loves me. Because I want to be around a dad who's going to embrace me, not a dad who's going to smack me every time. Yeah. I think the Father is revealed through the Son so well because he embraced the Father so well. And his life was full of love and grace and compassion. The goodness of God through the Son. The first thing this morning I want to encourage you around is that our Father is good. Your Father, your Heavenly Father, is simply good. The greatest joy you can experience in life is the love of your Heavenly Father. And it's a supernatural love. It's a no one else is looking, I'm going to spend time with God type love. It's I don't understand everything, but I'm still going to say, Father God, help me and just overwhelm me. 
and he is a good, good father. Just like the song. He's somebody who, oh, we're going to get onto it, but he sent his son for us because he loved you and I. And then when we become a church and a people who are overwhelmed with our Heavenly Father's love, we become functional in our relationships with each other. And not just that, but with groups that we start, like celebration groups, where it's simply going out and getting coffee with a bunch of unchurched people and knowing you're the light, knowing you're the, you're the salt, you're the one that's there bringing supernatural goodness to that group. That's what celebration groups are, and that's what everyone should be doing. I'm excited there's already people signing up for that, but sign up. Take your work colleagues out for a fortnightly coffee and don't preach at them. Love them. Pray for them. Why? Because you're being what Jesus was at his time. So the Father, therefore, is good. He's so good. He's better than even you can imagine. Listen, he is so good that even if you think he's good now, he's better than what you think he is. (laughs) Even if you've encountered his goodness, it's better than that. There's no depth to it. How cool is that? Some religions, it's like terrifying the God they serve is terrifying or the Jesus it's, it's just so oh, it just blows my mind read the gospels through the lens of this how kind is our heavenly father <laughs> we have a heavenly dad who is good to us who is good he is good though big G good he doesn't just bring goodness he is good you know that he defines good. Let that sink into your heart. He's not just good in what he does. He's good in what he does because it's who he is. Everything that God does is good because he is good. <laughs> not everything that I do as a dad is good because I have errors in me that aren't good. But I try and be good. Everything he does is good because he is good. Does that make sense? Therefore, one of the greatest gifts you can ever give yourself and others is to reveal his goodness. What does the scripture say? It says this. It says, um, it is the kindness of God that leads us to repentance. I want to put a word in there. It is the goodness of God that leads people to repentance. Oh, thank you, Jesus, for that. Lord, may we understand that you are good. And you're a good father. Number two, if you turn to Psalm 68, verse 5, it says this. Psalm 68, verse 5. Is this okay this morning? Remember, the more we know the father, the more functional we can be as a church family. I'm going to keep saying it until we really, really get it. It's so important that we see the father through a clear lens, not through bad filters. Forgiveness is the key. I love this verse. Psalm 68, 5 says, A father of the fatherless and protector of widows is God in his holy habitation. A father of the fatherless and protector of widows is God in his holy habitation. The second thing is this. We've got to remember our God and our father is protective. (laughs) Yesterday, uh, I took my son to the park and... um, Again, he has a bit of a park. He's a, he's a park fan. <clears throat> and 
Well, there on the swing, because he loves the swing, he loves going really high. And then there was a guy there who had a little dog, like about this big. And there was a mum there with a little baby sitting on the bench. And the dog walked past with this guy, and the dog wasn't on a lead. And this girl had no fear. Your dog should be on a lead. And this guy who was really cool and like he just, you could tell he thought he was cool. <coughs> and he was just like, he didn't have any response. And she said, no, seriously, your dog should be on, because we're at a park with little kids, your dog should be on a lead. And he kind of just muttered something and kind of walked off with this little dog. And I thought, she's a mum who is protective, not just of her little baby, but of my little kid too, who's in that playground. She's going, I'm going to... And it was awkward. It was so awkward because I was close to it. And I think he thought I was her wife, husband, maybe. And I, I'm not. I'm like, keep me out of this. I'm not. I'm, I'm. I said, I said, Bear, do you want to go to a different park? <laughs> like, seriously, I was like, this, this is very awkward. He said, no. <laughs> I said, oh, there's crackers. Do you want some crackers? <laughs> do you want some sultanas at the new park? No. Oh, this is very awkward. <laughs> a father who is protective. That was a mum who was protective. Uh, it's something that I'm dealing with already. Charlie and I talk about it. When Bear gets, the day he goes to daycare or preschool, it's going to be a big day. Because I'm a helicopter parent. I know it. I just helicopter around my son watching a big deal that he's over there at kids right now. I'm like, this is something I've got to trust God with, you know what I mean? <laughs> That's with anybody who isn't us. I love our kids team. This morning we took him over there. He didn't even say goodbye. He just, see you later. Walk straight in. He loves kids. We've got a great kids team. But I'm protective because I love my son. And guess what? I suck as a dad. It sounds harsh, but compared to God, I do. Now, compared to other dads, I'm probably okay at the moment. Yeah, I know my, my wife isn't happy with what I just said, and my mother-in-law is just shaking her head right now. I should have tied those together a bit better. <laughs> that could be the, yeah, the Instagram quote, I suck as a dad. No, I, I think I'm pretty good at the moment. Um, <laughs> I mean, I, I, I put a video up on Instagram yesterday of my son cooking fajitas over a hot stove. My mum is not happy. She, he, the grand, grandma is not happy about this. He should not be in the kitchen. He should be far away from the hotness. Anyway. The third thing is this, in Psalm 103, verse 13. Psalm 103, verse 13 says, As a father shows compassion to his children, so the Lord shows compassion to those who fear him. I love the fact that our father is compassionate. Compassionate. <laughs> I don't know, maybe your dad was harsh. Some, some fathers are harsh. Some fathers are... Yeah, uh, uh, not very compassionate. 
I love the fact that our father is compassionate and he shows compassion to his children. The more we understand the heart of the father, the more we can love each other. The more we understand the heart of the father, the more we can be a functioning church family. Because when I get a revelation of his compassion, I can love you with compassion. You can love me with compassion. But if I don't have revelation of his compassion, I won't show you compassion. Do you understand that? Do you know that you can only ever show others what's in your heart? And you can only ever know what's in your heart by what your revelation is of God. So when people lack compassion, it's because they haven't had that encounter with God yet. When people are full of judgment, it's because that's how they experience God. Therefore, we have to have fresh eyes to see the goodness of our Father. Does that make sense? Our Father is compassionate. Therefore, as a church community, we should be great at being compassionate. Just back on the other point, our Father is protective. Therefore, we should be protective as a church community. Listen, does the person next to you have your back? We have to make sure that the gossip levels in local church die down. Church should be a safe place, not a have you heard place. But I just need to pray for that person. Have you heard? Have you heard? I need to. And then before we know it, we're actually talking about business that's not our own for the sake of prayer. You can pray by yourself for that person. Well, oh, I think God's loving that right now. There you go. Let's turn our Bibles to. Well, let me read this for you. In 2 Corinthians 1, it says this. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our affliction, so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. How cool is that? The more... You can just leave the lights off, guys. It's okay. If they're having a bit of a hissy fit, it's okay. The more that we understand the comfort of God this is exactly what I just preached the more that we understand it the more we can comfort each other how does a church grow I believe the church grows and reaches people when we actually are good to each other protective of each other compassionate towards each other comforting of each other what a community that you would want to be a part of the fourth thing is this, we have a father who is, who is generous. Yeah. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 3, if you have your Bibles, a couple more scriptures. Ephesians 1 verse 3, sorry, one, yeah, 1 verse 3 says this. It says, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. You are blessed this morning by your Father with every spiritual blessing. Can I hear an amen? amen. <laughs> this is your inheritance. In James 1.17, it says, Every good and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation, or shadow due to change. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father. If there's a verse to make you happy, it's that one. 
John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him won't perish but will have everlasting life. God so loved you, he loved me, that he gave the most precious thing. Every good gift, every good gift comes from above, from the Heavenly Father. I love good gifts. When we had COVID, some people gave us some nice little treats. It was great. Thank you for reaching out to those who did when we had COVID. Who knows that when you're in a place of need, that care gets amplified. Have you noticed that? When you're not really in a place of need and someone blesses you, it's like, oh, thank you. When you're in a place where you think, am I going to make it through this? I don't know if Charlotte was that dramatic. No, not at all. <laughs> and someone sends you that text, how, how, how are you? I'm praying for you. Missed you in church today. I hope all is well. Hey, we left some good goodies at your front door. Get better soon. That is the church. That is the body of Christ working efficiently. Oh, someone else will look after that. What? What? We all need to move forward in care. Why? Because every good gift comes from above. We serve a Father who is generous. Not stingy. <laughs> I love that. I love that we have a heavenly dad who is not withholding, but instead blesses and it's his joy to bless. That is the heart of the father. Therefore, as a family, the more we understand his generosity, the more we can be a family, the more we can be generous with each other. Every week, Charlie and I try and be generous for somebody. My wife will tell you that every week. It's like, who are we going to bless this week? Why? Because it means that our hands aren't like this. Our hands are like this. I don't want to receive and go, thank you. I now hold it. No, no. I receive and we give. Freely you've received, freely give. I encourage you, apply that principle to your family. God is generous. He blesses us. Therefore, we bless each other. And not just your friends. Not just the ones you have coffee with at church. Anybody who comes to your attention, any person when you're praying, if there's a person comes to your mind, I'm going to just send them a message on Facebook. I'm just going to, con I'm going to contact the church office and leave a message for somebody. You know, those types of things are powerful and they are kingdom. Can I hear an amen? <laughs> Two more things. We have a father who has open arms. 1 John chapter 3, verse 1, it says, See what love the Father has given us, that we should be called children of God, and so we are. The reason why the world does not know us is that it did not know Him. See the kind of love the Father has given us, that what we should be called children of God. Not servants or slaves, children. That denotes so much... So many different things. Inheritance, covering, protection. You're a child of God. We have a father with open arms. And Ryan shared it this morning, but in Luke 15, 20, the prodigal son, it says, it says, so he got up and went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. And he ran to his son, threw his arms around him and kissed him. And then he says, let's put on the biggest, best feast, the fatted pig. 
or whatever it was. The calf, we're going to make sure that it is prepared. Sorry for the vegetarians. That's the way it is. We're going to get it ready. For those who are vegetarian, get the biggest piece of kale we have. Get it out. Get it ready. Cabbage. The biggest cabbage. Uh, pickle the onions. Do you pickle onions? I don't know. A father who has open arms. This is this message with me continually, and it probably will for the rest of my life. That my father, even when the son didn't deserve it, ran towards his son, not to give him a good old punch to the gut. No, no, to embrace him. Not to give him a scolding because you, you have you learned the lesson. Do you learn the lesson, son, of leaving and taking your inheritance and being rebellious? Did you learn it because you reap what you sow? He didn't respond like that, did he? No, no, it was, it was, it's mind-blowing. He, he runs, he embraces. He, he then goes on to say, let's have, a, let's have a party, let's have a feast. And the other son who didn't go rebellious, he's the religious son, gets upset. Hey, that pig was meant to be for me. That was for my wedding coming up. That was for my moment. I was faithful, Dad. Why are we giving him the best ring? Why is he getting favour? Because the heart of the Father has open arms. <laughs> the prodigal son did not get what he deserved. But the Father embraced him anyway. A father who has open arms. Last one today is this. If you've got your Bibles, turn to Romans 8.15. The last scripture this morning. Romans 8.15. Now, as a church, do we have open arms? As a church family, how open are our arms this morning? Are there little dinosaur arms <laughs> that can't open very far? Are you a T-Rex? Are you a T-Rex this morning? This is, many churches don't even qualify for that. Many churches have arms folded. Because we think we're better. Because we've seen the light, so we're better. We're chosen, so we're better. We've missed the point. Arms folded will never reach someone sinking. And then we have other people. And in church, we have little TRX arms and we have a limited capacity. And only if you don't hurt me and only if you sound right and look right and smell right, hey, if we get on, we have the same, the same interests, then I might give you a little dinosaur embrace. And then there's people who just have these big, massive, long arms. They're like a, a fishing boat with big nets going out. And they just say, come to daddy. Come to papa. I married into a hugging family. And Kathy has taught me that whether I want it or not, I'm getting a hug every time I see her. 
Has anyone else experienced Kathy's hugs like that? You just, you, the big net is coming. The arms are wide. You can try and scurry, but it's, it might, it's not coming quick, but it's coming. <laughs> and I've got you. And then while she's got you, she'll whisper some promises of God in your ear, some blessings. <laughs> Charlie's becoming her mum more and more. Ange is her mum already, <laughs> as you know. <laughs> Charlie does this. When she knows someone's offended or hurt by us or the church, she goes out of her way to hug them. It sounds kind of weird, but if she sees someone down the street and she knows that that person in the past has maybe not liked me or liked us or somebody in our church, hey, good to see her. Bang! She's a quick, she's a quick boat. <laughs> and she says to me, it's because she feels like when she hugs people, healing flows from her. How cool is that? She, she senses that I feel like, so she'll often give someone a hug and the person will just start crying. Not because of bad body odor or something, <laughs> but because they sense the love of the Father. Now, please don't run up and hug my wife. She, she might get a bit weird about that. If she wants to hug you, she will. But <laughs> Kathy has unlimited hugs. Her hugs are on tap. If you want a hug, come down the front afterwards. Kathy would seriously give you a hug. <laughs> it says this as we finish, Romans 8.15. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father. And Abba, Father there means simply Dad. Dad God. He wants us to approach him as a dad. In my life, I have three ministries, and this is the priority. Number one, I minister to him. My life is a ministry to my father. Number two, it's a ministry to my son and my family. Number three, it's a ministry to you to others and it's in that order my family's priority because they are the ones entrusted to me the most and I'll finish with this but every night yesterday last night Charlotte was out and so I'm putting Bear to bed and he's still at the age where he can take a bottle but he's getting like nearly too old so I'm savouring the moments and I'm there and the lights are out in his room and I'm giving him his bottle and I give him a hug and I always just speak love over him. I speak God over him. I just, he snuggles into my shoulder and I just, I just, ugh, I can't get enough. I'm just like, this, this moment is just so precious. It's like my heart's going to explode with love. That's how it feels. And then I put him down in his bed and he goes, I love you, I love you, I love you. That's how he says, I love you. 
Daddy, I love you. Oh, walked out of the room last night, just biggest smile. I just thought, yes, this is it. I'm the richest man in the world. And it's a moment that no one sees. It's a moment just me and my son and God. It's a moment where I'm ministering. I just, and my prayer every night, Lord, let he grow in favor with both you and with man. As Jesus grew in favor with both you and with man, let him grow in favor with you, Lord. And I don't know if you'll remember it when he's older, but I'll remember it as I embrace him. And I, and I have this thing with him where I'll go to walk away and, and I go, more kisses? More kisses? And then I scurry back in and give him more kisses. And then I'll go to the door and he'll go, more cuddles? Okay, more cuddles. Scurry back in. More cuddles, more cuddles. He'll do it for 20 minutes sometimes. And every time, ah, what a privilege. But me as an imperfect dad feels that. How much more your heavenly dad with you, church? How much more those who are yet to be in God's house, those in the community who are yet to find freedom. Listen, let's be light. Let's create family. Let's do a celebration group. Get a coffee. Get a motorbike group. Do something. And when you sit there, go, God, let your love invade. Let it invade because people need that type of love. And me, with all my passion, is so limited compared to the way God feels. May we have ears to hear. May we have eyes to see. May we have courage to step out. And may us as a church be good as our Father is good. May we be protective as he is protective. Compassionate as he is compassionate. Generous as he is generous. A church with arms open. Not as T-Rexes, but as giant, as giant fishing trawlers who put their wings out with big nets. A church that comes before God and says, Dad, I love worshiping a church. It's my moment. Together, I get to sing with you. Let's just worship Dad. Let's spend time with our Heavenly Dad. Let's just spend time glorifying His name. We're going to finish with worship in a moment. Let's just worship Him because He is worthy. Why don't you close your eyes with me? Thank you, Jesus. Let's just respond in our hearts in this moment. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, good Father. Thank you, Dad, Heavenly Dad. I just pray, Father, right now, that your love as our heavenly dad would just fill our hearts. I pray, Father, if there's any filters that we have placed upon you through our earthly experiences, may they just fall away. And may your love, may your perfect love infiltrate the deepest parts of our hearts the deepest parts of our hearts give us the courage to give you everything even if it's scary to trust you and to or just surrender all 
you know, as we have our eyes closed, if you're in this place and you're, you just think to yourself, I don't know my Heavenly Father. Maybe you've never made a decision to follow Jesus or maybe you have, but you know you're not following him. Just as everyone has their eyes closed, why don't you just put your hand up and say, today I'm coming back to my Father. As the prodigal came back, today I'm going to come back and say yes and get your heart right with him. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Lord, we surrender all to you. We won't let pride get in the way. We won't let ego get in the way. Thank you, Lord. Let your love come. Let your love fall. Let your love invade. Set people free, even in this moment. Just before we finish, church, just in your heart, make sure that your heart is open towards him. Ask him to just fill your heart completely with him. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Why don't we just stand to our feet? Let's just respond just through the moment of worship. We hope you were encouraged by today's message. If you would like to know more about our church, please go to celebrationchurch.com.au.